Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what I think is going to be a really interesting edition of Training Unleashed. I have the founder of Accelerate with me, Kimberly Gerber, and she is a leadership expert. And we're going to get right into it. And Kimberly, what are the biggest mistakes leaders make? What are the biggest mistakes? Well, let's narrow that down a little bit. What are the biggest mistakes that leaders make in hiring people? I want to talk about that because I think that that hiring people is the most important thing that leaders do. You want to get the right people in the right jobs. And if you do that, great things can happen. But if you get the wrong people in the wrong jobs, or if you get the right people in the wrong jobs, it can be misery. It's misery for the organization and for the leader, him or herself. So I think the biggest mistakes that that leaders make is hiring the wrong people. They often promote or hire people uh, incorrectly or inefficiently. And the mistake that they make is they prioritize the connection they have with the people that they're interviewing, especially true when they have an outside hire. And when they have an inside hire, sometimes they forget to look at the resume. They go with what that person has done just in the in the job that they know them in, and they forget that they have a usually have a whole other background, a whole other skill set or, or amount of skill sets and talents they could bring to a new role. So those are some those are some of the biggest mistakes I think that leaders make. Well, I totally agree with you that hiring and promotion is one of the most important things. The talent is is what companies are about. So you work with a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you are seeing now with the pandemic? Like to say it's over, who knows if it's over, not over, but you know, how has that changed everything? Oh my gosh, it has blown apart uh, a lot of things for a lot of folks in, um, in organizations, leaders, HR teams, um, hiring managers. I'm seeing, a, a, first of all, what I am seeing is that companies are not doing enough proactively to retain their talent. So at the levels that I'm working with, usually high performers in senior director and above roles, VPs, C-suite, and they're being, they're being heavily recruited and organizations are not doing what they need to do to protect their existing talent. That is something I'm seeing that's become a crisis. And they're not managing attrition well in when someone's leading the organization. They're, 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 they're not helping themselves. They're often advertising, I think, to, to protect kind of ego. Oh, they're leaving for a better position or they're leaving for something else, which is something that in the past would have been nice. That's a nice thing to do to someone who's leaving. But today it is an advertisement to everyone who is still there that, hey, maybe I should be looking. Maybe if I want the bigger, better title, I can find it. Mm. And, and, the, and the, the truth is, Evan, today, they can. So that doesn't mean they should take it. And here's something that I think that, that folks really need to be getting all of their, their key talent on performance plans, because there are people leaving for bigger, better paying jobs, but they're not qualified for them. There is going to be this interesting ricochet of when all of this settles, 
there's going to be people who are grossly overpaid and overpromoted, and organizations are going to have to deal with that. It's a very interesting time. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but that I think that's true. And you know, there'll be a reckoning when the balance of power shifts. Mm -hmm. So yes. you said something that's kind of interesting to me, which it's not always about money. And you know, look at people like money. We all know that. Of course. But what are the things that good leaders do that keep talent other than money? I think one of the most important things that leaders do that keep people is they invest in them personally. That it is when you have a leader that has your back, a leader that is investing in you from a mentoring perspective, investing in you, taking the time to, to really craft a career plan for you, to help you, give you opportunities to grow your skill set. Those are the leaders that people will hang around for. And the reason that they do is because they're going to stay with, they know that they're getting the, the, the nutrients, if you will, to continue growing their career. So they will often stay with a trusted, loyal, serving type of leader in order to get more experience. And, the, and, and it's really about trust. I trust that my career is going to keep growing. I trust that my life is going to be feel good working with you. And so therefore I'll stay, even though I might be leaving money on the table. Well, I love what you're saying because this show is Training Unleashed. Yeah. And what you're saying is when companies invest in a personal relationship and helping people develop, helping them learn, helping them grow in their job and career, they mm -hmm. want to stay. Yeah. And I will tell you, I've talked to lots of people that have shifted jobs and have said to me, I had no idea how much better I had it before. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. The grass is not always greener. No, the grass is not always greener. But I do think when people feel like they're growing and mm -hmm. they're learning, it makes it makes a huge difference. So yeah. let me throw you the easiest softball I have. Because okay. I know you work with executive teams about developing teams, yep. training teams, mentoring teams. What advice do you give to somebody listening to create that kind of culture or to be effective in mm -hmm. helping um, the te uh, teams to continue to learn and continue to grow. Yeah. So the advice that I would give to folks that are responsible for training, it, I think that's the question you're asking, whether it's yeah. a leader or, you know, an, uh, a talent development team is look at your programs and, and make sure that as part of the convert as part of the performance conversations, whether it's once a year, annually, quarterly, every organization does it differently, begin to weave in tools for career planning conversations. That will start a cascade of, of information flowing to the right people, right, to the leaders and to talent development or HR about what training is needed and who needs to be trained. And then I would get super creative about training. So if I had high risk individuals, meaning high risk, meaning I really want to keep them and they really could be recruited easily, I would stand up a mentoring program and align people with some of the senior executives. Now, a lot of companies already have that. I'm encouraging our client companies to expand those programs because right now, the more high touch, high visibility, uh, relationships that can be formed in the organization, the better chance people are going to have to retain that talent that they want to retain. 
So without divulging your client's name, because it's really irrelevant to the question I'm about to ask. Yeah. Could you share maybe like a case study of a company that didn't have a mentoring program and how they created their mentoring program? Sure. That is, um, so I think how to create the mentoring program is, it starts with, you know, a lot, oftentimes a succession review. So a nine grid process, identifying the folks that are in the, the, the boxes that you want to take to the next level um, and, and then recruiting leaders to, to be matched with those folks. I think it is mentoring is best done when there's a group of people um, and then you can do it together. So, for example, you might have, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 people who need to be mentored and then you find a corresponding group of of executives, uh, senior leaders and executives. And then there's a matching process, a kickoff, expectation sent, some accountability from within the organization, and um, and, and then and then check-ins, like I said, accountability. And I often recommend folks also have some events around the mentoring so that they can give the folks who are being mentored a little bit of a, of a grounding point, but also to do some training for the mentors. Because even though a lot of times um, folks want to give feedback and give advice and be a mentor, the truth is if they haven't done it before, they might not actually know how. So a little bit of structure around a mentoring program can go a long way to making it very successful and meaningful, not only for the mentee, but for the mentor. I, I really love what you're saying, because my experience is people are very honored to ask to mentor somebody. Yeah. And but then they have no idea what that means and they don't know how to do it. They don't necessarily yeah. know how to coach mm -hmm. and to give them that kind of training. And then mm -hmm. the recognition and, you know, maybe trying to do something social at the end of a, you know, a period or something of that nature so that people feel honored uh, is, yes. you know, I think, you know, very powerful idea you're sharing, you're sharing with the, yeah. with the group. Uh, yeah. Very, very, very uh, powerful. You talked about the nine grid. I refer to it as the nine box. Nine box. Yes. Yeah. And I, I know, I know what it is but I don't think yes. most of our listeners know what it is. And it, it is, to me, one of the most powerful tools out there. So maybe yep. you could take a moment and explain nine box to our listeners, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for, for clarifying that too. Um, using vernacular and not explaining what it is. So the nine box is a succession planning tool where, and it happens in a, in, in a succession of levels, if you will, where the organization is looking at the, the, the performance and the uh, potential of all of its associates or of a group of its associates. And, and, it's, and it's kind of laying them out based on how well they're doing today. Are they doing, are they doing poorly? Are they doing medium, fair, you know, satisfactory? Or are they high performing? And then they also look at the potential of that individual for their expertise and their ability to grow. So do they have, are they kind of like, they've reached their limit? 
they have some room to grow, but maybe not much, or they've got a lot of room still to grow. And so if you layer those two things together, you've got a nine box and, um, and then you can kind of have a nice robust way of looking at where people are in your organization. And, and as you kind of map people out, it becomes clear where you have issues. So if you've got a lot of people in what I would call the one box, right? So down in the left-hand corner, sure. you want to plan for those folks to move them out of that box because you don't want anyone in that box. And then all the way up into the five box, that's an always an interesting box because you want people in the five box, but they're in the five box. What do you, what kind of investment do you make with those folks? And just for our listeners, the five box are are people that are doing a good job, but there's not a lot of, there's not, they're, they can grow a little bit, but there's not a lot of potential. And right. companies need lots of people like this because yes. that's how they effectively run their company. Exactly, exactly. And then you've got folks that may be over towards the right-hand side, you know, heading upwards. And those folks are going to be your high potentials. So especially, you know, up in the upper right-hand corner, you've got folks that, that that's that talent you really want to be paying attention to because they've got a lot of headroom and they're performing very well. They're likely to be a little ambitious and, and aggressive. So what are you going to do? And then conversely, one of my favorite boxes that is very underappreciated and I would say underinvested in is the box that's on the upper far left. So these are your technical experts. They have high value contribution to the company, but there isn't maybe, they're not necessarily going to be leaders. They are, they're performing at a high level, but there's not necessarily a lot of place for them to go. And what, and, and so these are technical experts who maybe are not leaders of people. And, and I think that this is an area today where there is a lot of, of um, loss in companies, a lot of attrition, because these people are, are often underappreciated in the companies they're in. And then they move to companies that really need their talent and then they're highly appreciated there. So this is uh, this is where we see a lot of talent drain and companies should look at that. But having these this nine box system, having this nine box um, practice, if you will, forces and enables a company to really look at where its associates are and, and help plan out proper training and development programs. Tornal Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tornal.com slash learning dash development. So... I think a lot of people listening who don't know about nine box are now really intrigued. Um, how do you determine within a structure what box somebody's in and do you share what box they're in with the actual employee? Ah, great questions. I want to answer the second question first. And the answer is no. Usually a, an organization is not going to share with an associate what box they're in. And there's a variety of reasons for that, but that can be very uh, disempowering for folks. So that sets up a whole system of uh, a culture you don't want. <laughs> it is a tool for leaders and for HR to 
to have a discussion and then to do planning because really you've got the box and that helps you it's a snapshot that the box that where folks are today is a snapshot and it is to a great degree subjective so your first question was how do you figure out what people what box people go in that is a collaborative process it is starts with input from um, their manager you know from their direct manager and then there is a calibration process that happens with other folks in the organization because not all leaders rate their people the same. So you don't wanna take one person's point of view. I have um, had really robust meetings where you've got leaders, first vice presidents and then higher that, that all debate that, that the validity of a person's box, if you will. Sure. And, and then from there, it's, it's really about the leader then becomes responsible for where that, that person is and making sure that they get the development they need to continue down the path that the organization you know hopes for them and and again a lot of times it is going to come back into conversation and that's why i think career planning tools are so important right now the the nine box being a starting point and then career planning conversations with 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 templates with tools that that can be structured and shared with and given to an associate so that there's alignment between manager and a, an employee about what the opportunities are and more importantly what are the strengths what are the talents what are the limiters and and what are the things that you really need to focus on if you want to continue growing in your career so let's let's talk for a moment here about the one box and uh -huh. for people that are are you know, into the boxes, this is just a classic problem. A one boxer is a person that's a poor performer, doesn't have maybe the right attitude, willingness to learn, etc. Yeah. And right now, it's so hard to find people. Mm -hmm. So what does a company do? How do you shift a person who's a one boxer to move boxes to become better at their job, which would require them to have to want to learn. Yeah, I know this is a tough question. It's a tough question. I'm like, I don't know if you're going to like my answer. Um, I, I think that it a lot of it depends on why they're in the one box. If it's an attitude type of an issue, a complacency issue, I think that there's a I think that companies and, and managers have a responsibility to try with some candid conversation and some specific goal setting. Ultimately, if the individual doesn't self propel as a result of that to any degree, then the organization is going to be investing energy and resources in a person that really isn't in it to win it for the, themselves yeah. or the organization, and they're going to be best served elsewhere. And it's interesting because you, you mentioned something. I thought you were going to go a little bit different direction with the question. I think that today, even though hiring is really, a, it's, it's tough, right? And attrition is, it's, it's tough right now for folks. It is still you still don't want to keep people who are not 
who are not performing at the level they need to perform because the impact of that to the people around them doesn't change just because you have an attrition problem or just because you have a, a, a talent acquisition problem. Folks who are in that one box ultimately are bringing down the organization in because they're not performing and they don't have the energy or the optimism to continue growing. And so they are impacting your organization in a negative way. And that doesn't change just because it's hard to hire people. I totally agree with you. One box is detrimental. Yeah. And you have to have yeah. the heart to heart conversation. Sometimes yeah. it's because they're in the wrong job. Right. And you can shift somebody by moving them into the right job. But Correct. Yep. You're, you're better off not having a person who's a one boxer because they're, how productive can they be if they're doing their job poorly and somebody else has to fix their mistakes and fix their problems? They're not. Right. Right. But there is and, a, and there's a problem where people are, companies are keeping people that are detrimental because yes. they just feel like they can't afford to lose people. Exactly. And, and that, that is, that's, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. Very it tough. is. It is a tough situation. And that's why, you know, that's why, that's why leadership is a courageous, takes courage, you know, leadership takes courage to make those tough calls and they do pay off. I think that, that if people are in a one box for more than a cycle, that there's, that's an organizational issue that points to bigger problems in the organization that it really shouldn't be allowed to, to happen that way. Either move them to a different job, a different role or different level of performance, or find a good way to exit them from the organization. Well, I really like what you're saying, because what you're basically saying is companies need to take their blinders off and actually understand their workforce and find yep. ways to motivate every person by training, mentoring, et cetera. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no doubt, having talked to you, that you really get and understand how to motivate, how to coach, how to improve things. I think it's time because... I'm sure people here are listening to you, Kimberly, and going, she's interesting. I'd like to talk to her more. Tell us about your company and what you do and who your favorite kind of clients are. Awesome. Thank you for, thank you for asking. So uh, my company is Accelerate, and we are celebrating our 20th year in, in existence this year. It's uh, fun to, to actually reach that number. And we serve organizations predominantly in executive development. And what we do is we are working with folks who are senior leaders up and through the executive and C-suite level folks. And we're predominantly working always on, you know, results, uh, readiness and retention. So we're working with organizations to evaluate who the leaders are in their organization that have the potential to go to the next level and the next level and the next level. And we're working with them through coaching and training and mentoring programs and sponsorships to get them ready for those roles. So our philosophy is that you can get people ready for the next role. You don't have to throw them into the deep end of the pool, which is what happens a lot of the times. We are we worked so that people don't get over promoted which is a problem that we didn't discuss here today, but it is a problem with high performers, particularly in today's environment. People are being put in roles. They are they're so far over the skis. They actually don't have the skis yet. The so peer they, principle, that's a term we haven't it, heard in a long time. 
Exactly. Exactly. And, and you should tell the listeners what that is because uh, a lot of people probably have never heard of it. Yeah, so that's, I think, a term that was popular in the 90s, and it really relates to promoting people into their, to a level of incompetence. Yes. So you promote people who are very competent to a point where they are no longer competent. And I could jump up on a soapbox here and talk about the detrimental impacts of that to the individual and the organization. And so we're pretty passionate about making sure that that doesn't happen. So. Companies are hiring us because they want to promote folks and they want to promote them in an accelerated time frame. So our, our company is Accelerate, moving you forward with speed and excellence. And so that's what we do. We work with, with companies to, so to get who, those high performers ready. Of, who are the best kind of clients? Are they small companies, big companies, medium companies, all companies? What, uh, who are your best uh, clients? So our best clients are medium to large companies. The characteristic that really is important for us is that they're high growth. Yeah. The, the folks that we're looking at, uh, that we're working with most predominantly, they wanna move fast. And we have, we have the tools, resources, and programs to help them move fast. That's just what we like. We like people who, are, who like the speed. So let me understand this. Mm -hmm. If you don't wanna grow your business, don't call you. Yes. Do not call us if you don't want to grow your business. <laughs> but you know, you know how it is, Evan. I don't think we've I don't think we've eliminated too many people. Um, so well, you, have a, you have a free offer. And would mm -hmm. you please share your offer with the audience? Because I'm sure people would be intrigued. Sure, sure. And it's a great, it's actually great based on what we talked about today. So we offer a free promotability assessment. So if you want to find out how promotable you are, or if you want to assess your some individuals on your team, you can go to our website and uh, take that pro promotability assessment. And that's going to give you a starting point for asking yourself some questions, either in your organization or of yourself. And then there's, you know, free tools and resources for how to become more promotable and how to make your teams or your individuals ready for their next promotion. Excellent. And that's at our website, which is iaccelerate.com, I-E-X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E.com. So you can find that quiz at iaccelerate.com, and that's spelled I, the letter I, E-X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E.com. Excellent. It's actually, you know, I, there are a lot of assessments, but I never heard of one about whether someone's promotable or not. So it, mm -hmm. it seems like a, worth trying out for sure. So yes. um, we're about at the end of the show, but we always end the show with the one question, which is if you had one tip to share, what would that one tip be? So what is your one tip for the audience? My one tip for the audience is get or have access to a tool to have a career planning conversation with your associates. Make sure that every leader in your organization has that tool, knows how to use it, so that you can begin navigating those conversations right away. And I know I've said that already today, but it is so important in today's environment. So what I'm hearing you saying is you want to have career development conversations, but you also want consistency, mm -hmm. which is why you need mm -hmm. the tool. 
And That's right. I think you're, you're totally right. And we didn't really talk about it, but favoritism, you did discuss it a little bit, but favoritism and bias, and I'm not talking about the normal kind of bias, you know, sex, sex, what sex you are, color. I'm not talking about that kind of bias. Yeah. The bias you have because you've developed a connection with a person can be mm -hmm. very detrimental to a business. Absolutely. That's what leads to overpromotion. Yeah. Yeah. Which causes people to peter out. <laughs> so, yes. Absolutely. Okay. We need to wrap up. I want to thank All right. uh, you, Kimberly, for being here. I also want to thank my sponsors, C Suite TV and Sweet Seat Radio. And of course, the most important people I want to thank are my listeners. Without you, I wouldn't have a show. Everyone have a great day. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.